Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. That concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do it very slowly and very deliberately, one breath at a time, one line at a time, and we're going to pause in between each line to think about what it is actually asking me to do or not do, and to do that. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in the word God. And I take a few breaths, and I call out to God like I would call out to a friend. You can call it God, higher power, infinite intelligence, whatever works for you, something. Just call out to something and try to make a connection inside. However you do that, you're on your own personal way. Take a few breaths and do that. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I renew my commitment right now. How committed am I to offering myself to God right now? All of myself, all of my fears, all of my delusions, all of my old ideas, my hands, my feet, my mouth, myself. And I breathe in the next line of the prayer. To build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I stay connected to my breath going in and out of my body. And I think about what God might want to build with me or do with me today, right now. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer. Take away my difficulties. I'm sorry, <laughs> relieve me of the bondage of self. <sighs> I read that out and I take a few breaths <laughs> and I think about how quiet it would be if I had no story, if I had no ideas, no opinions, no fears, no delusions right now. And I try to experience one breath of that quiet. And I breathe in the next line of the prayer that I may better do thy will. And I 
take a few breaths, and I just try to get a sense of how much better I could do God's will if I didn't have that bondage of self, that self-talking mind always talking, talking. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer. Take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I look at my day so far today. And I identify my difficulties today where self got in and made my day difficult. become willing to have those difficulties removed. And I breathe in the next line of the prayer. That victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. take a few breaths and I think about the people I might come in contact with for the rest of my day and how I might affect them and how they might affect others. Especially how I might affect them at being an example of God's will and God's love and God's way of life. breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I smile and I think about how nice it would feel to be doing God's will always right now. Whenever you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to become aware of seeing, the seeing that's happening right now. Just becoming conscious that I'm seeing. Trying not to get caught up in the story about the things that I am seeing. As soon as my eyes open, my self-talking mind wants to start talking about what I'm seeing. And it wants to attach stories to the things that I'm seeing. And I like to take a little bit of time after meditating and praying to spend some time with my eyes open in prayer and meditation. I'm Randy, I'm alcoholic, I'm allergic to alcohol, that, 
Uh, I can never ever drink alcohol successfully again. Uh, the reason I'm at this meeting today is not because of my allergy to alcohol. Because if I don't drink alcohol today, I don't need to treat my allergy to alcohol. I don't have an allergic reaction. But I do have alcoholism. It's a disease that centers in my mind, talks to me in my own voice. It's a disease that manifests as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And I identify that every time I share, not for you, but for me, because I need to be reminded of who I am, because I'm not going to practice this program if I don't know who I am. And the book says those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. I'm a will not. I will not completely give myself to this simple program sometimes. And in those times, it's because I'm constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself. And so when I talk about my disease and the way that it talks to me and the way that it manifests in my life, I do it for me so that I can be reminded that, yes, there is something wrong with me. And I need a program of recovery. I need this way of life so that I could be okay in this moment. Um, by the way, Texas T is doing a workshop on ego on Fridays for the next three or four Fridays. I'm not exactly sure how long at the, at the other, uh, login address for the principles and application meetings every Friday at 11 o'clock. It's going to be an awesome, uh, adventure, probably much deeper than I go in, uh, in the ego factors as far as a, uh, identifying the ego and, and going deeper and seeing how it manifests. Um, and, and for me, this meeting is not about learning. And we're reading the Tebow papers because it's the next right thing to read as far as a progression through the 12 steps because this Saturday meeting is now focused on going through the literature as, as the focus for the meeting. But this is not a learning meeting. I'm not here to teach you anything. We're looking at this because... I'm constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself. And when I read it in Tebow's words, sometimes my mind can open and a little bit more self-awareness can creep in while I'm looking at this material. But it's not important that I know everything about ego. It's not important that I, am a, that I get my PhD in ego. What's important is that... I am aware of who I am and I become able to see myself and how alcoholism shows up in my life only to give me the impetus to start treating the disease. Sometimes I get caught up in the how much I know about ego and self and how much I know about... Um, compliance versus surrender and I think that I know something but I'm going to tell you uh not yesterday I think it was the day before yesterday I, I'm I have COVID and I've been trapped at home with me just me 
and something worked its way in and started eating away at me. And I had, for the first time in a very long time, I had a, a, almost a whole day of insanity. Insanity, self-talking, couldn't get out of it. But through it, I was intuitively guided to pick up the phone and to call some other people that I talk to when I'm in trouble. And that helped. And then I was guided to do some writing, and that helped. And I was guided to make some amends, and that helped. And so there is a program of recovery if I'll do it. But knowing it does not help me one bit. I, and I, I'm reading, cause, so we're going to, I'm going to read some more ego. Hopefully we'll finish it today. But um, I'm also reading the doctor's opinion and Bill's story. And there is a solution because this meeting is going to move through the first three, the, the steps. We're going to go into the book, but we're not going to read on Saturday, I'm not going to read the doctor's opinion. I'm not going to read Bill's story, and I'm not going to read there's a solution. We're going to start with step one in the 12 and 12. But I would encourage you as, a, as an exercise, I, I imagine it might be a little while since you've read those things, because most of you, nobody here is in their first 90 days. And why would I read the doctor's opinion again? I already know I have alcoholism. But it's very interesting. <laughs> it's an amazing story. So, okay, no compromise with ego. Uh, that's where we left off, no compromise with ego. If you have this Brown Tebow book, it's on page 58. If you don't have the book, it's okay. Again, this meeting is about practicing the principles right now. So the principle that to be practiced is listening like the dying can listen and being open-minded. Uh, not for me. I don't care if you listen. I don't. You can read emails. You can put your headphones on and listen to music and smile and nod at the camera like you're listening to me. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. You can turn it off and go away. But if you're going to be here, the practice would be to be breathing in and out and be asking my higher power to help me hear what's being said. Because if I don't do that as a practice... During the meeting, I'm going to hear something that's read, and I'm going to think, ooh, that's a good principle. And then I'm going to start talking to myself about how I could apply that at work. And then I'm going to go to work in my mind while I'm sitting here looking at the screen. I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to start practicing that principle at work with my other workers. And then I'm going to start finding fault with those other workers. And then I'm going to want to quit my job. And then the meeting's going to be over, and I'm going to go, what the hell happened? Where did I go? And I will not have heard another word that was said at the meeting, and I won't know why or how I disappeared. So it's not about a learning. It's not about a judging. It doesn't matter if what I'm reading is right or wrong. Only thing that matters is that I'm practicing the presence, that I'm being consciously present right now at this meeting if I'm going to be here. And if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Nobody's, nobody, you don't have to be here. I don't have to be here either, except that my life depends on it. So no compromise with ego. I'm going to read some. So like Freud, Rado, these are two, those are two prominent psychiatrists, Freud and Rado. 
Think only in terms of reduction. The need for the complete elimination of ego is a stand that they cannot bring themselves to assume. Hence, they unwittingly advocate the retention of some infantile traits with no clear awareness that trading with the devil, the ego, no matter how carefully safeguarded, merely keeps it alive and likely on any, at any occasion to erupt full force into action. There can be no successful compromise with the ego, a fact not sufficiently appreciated by many, if not most therapists. So everyone, and even me, I think I'm, I'm, not, giving, I'm not giving all of me to this program. There's parts about me I like. I want to keep that. And I do get to keep that. But there can be no compromise in this moment with the ego. There can be no little bit of being in a hurry. No little bit of being frustrated. I'm either frustrated or I'm not frustrated. I'm either in a hurry or I'm not in a hurry. I either think I'm the center of the universe and everything revolves around me, or I'm not the center of the universe and everything doesn't revolve around me. But there's no little me being a little bit at the center. And, you know, before Alcoholics Anonymous, most of the therapy that was done for alcoholics was in trying to teach us how to drink more like normal people. Before Alcoholics Anonymous, the idea of complete abstinence from alcohol was not, uh, was not a requirement for the treatment of alcoholism. It was seen as a lack of willpower, not as a mind-powered disease. And so all of the therapy was to teach us how to just make better choices. <laughs> There's a movement out there called um, Alcohol Abuse Disorder. They want to call alcoholism Alcohol Abuse Disorder. And, they, and one, of their, one of the things I heard them talking about about alcohol abuse disorder is that the bottles, they don't put the recommended serving size on the bottles. And that if people only knew that one shot was a recommended serving size, they wouldn't make a triple. And then they would have more success with not getting drunk and getting driving, you know, drunk driving tickets. And I think, wow, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I also have an eating disorder. And I see what a serving size is on the back of the food box. You know, one, ser one scoop of cereal is a serving size, not an entire box. But that doesn't stop me from drinking, eating the whole box. Okay. Thus, the dilemma encountered in ego reduction would be best resolved by recognizing that the old ego must go and a new one take its place. Then no issue would arise about how much of the earliest elements may be retained. The answer theoretically is none. The only time that my ego can be completely eradicated is in this moment right now. It can't be eradicated forever. It's never going away. It's built. My old ego is built. But in the... Sorry. Sorry. 
In this moment, this one right now while the dog is barking, in this moment, this is the only moment that I can have a relationship with a higher power. And in this relationship with this higher power right now, it can be 100% eradicated. I don't need my old ego. Actually, the total banishment of the initial state is difficult to achieve. Man can only grow in the direction of its complete elimination. Its final expulsion is a goal that can only be hoped for. Permanent expulsion can only be hoped for, but in this moment it can be 100% expelled. That's my experience. I don't think he says that. The second question raised here is, how does the surrender reaction change the inner psychic picture? This question is based on a presupposition, namely that surrender is an emotional step in which the ego, at least for the time being, acknowledges that it is no longer supreme. So for this moment right now, I'm going to acknowledge that I have a higher power and that my ego is part of the lower power. And I'm going to turn away from the lower power towards the higher power. And that turning is complete, just like it says in how it works. I stand at the turning point right here, right now. I'm going to turn mentally, internally, I'm turning to a power greater than myself. Or I'm turning to self and there are no half measures. It's one way or the other. This acknowledgement is valueless if limited to consciousness. It must be accompanied by similar feelings in the unconscious. This is why we do the fourth step, because it has to be drilled in, and then it has to be shared with another person, and then it has to be willing to be let go of, and then I've got to go make amends for the harms that I've done to others and make that list. And all of that is what drills it into the unconscious mind that, that this ego is not the right power for my life. That's what brings it to the unconscious. I know it's not right. I know I shouldn't drink consciously. But unconsciously, I'm willing to do anything that'll kill the pain of my mind. For the alcoholic, surrender is marked by the admission of being powerless over alcohol. My sobriety has the quality of peace and tranquility that makes for a lasting quiet within only if the surrender is effective in the unconscious and permanent as well. So I am not an advocate of people going out and drinking again. But sometimes that's what it takes for that surrender to get into the unconscious. Sometimes I have to consciously, knowing that I'm allergic to alcohol, go out and try it again. Because I need to know in my unconscious that with everything that I know, I can't do it. I am not advocating that anybody goes out. And the disease will always tell me for years, 
from the last time, I went out three times in my first 90 days. Every 30 days I went out. But at two and a half years of sobriety, my disease was screaming at me. You need to drink again. You haven't hit a low enough bottom. That's why you can't surrender. For two and a half years, it screamed at me like that. And the truth of the matter is, is that I just wasn't willing to do the work to have the surrender that's necessary, sober, not drunk. Power, could you be with me? Could you help me to be present? Could you help me to be here at this meeting right now? Could you be with me? The effects of surrender upon the psyche are extremely logical. The traits listed as characteristics of the influence of the ego influence are canceled out. The opposite of king is the commoner. I'm just a guy with alcoholism. Appropriately, Alcoholics Anonymous stresses humility. The opposite of impatience is the ability to take things in stride, to make an inner reality of the slogan, easy does it. The opposite of drive is staying in one position where, where I can be open-minded, receptive, and responsive to staying right here, to being here right now and saying, okay, this might not be where God wants me to get to, but this is right where it wants me to be right now. So I'm going to be present and I'm going to be open and I'm going to invite it in and I'm going to rightly relate myself to it. This picture of the non-ego type of person might be amplified in many directions, but to do so would serve no immediate purpose. To have discussed the effect of the ego upon behavior and to have pointed out what may happen when the ego is at least temporarily knocked out of action is sufficient to make the point of this communication. It is the ego that is the arch enemy of sobriety. And it is the ego that must be disposed of if I am to attain a new way of life. Now, I didn't know that. And I read this many times. And I still didn't know it. Or if I knew it, I didn't practice it like a drowning man would seize a life preserver. Because I thought, because I have the delusion that one day I'm going to wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if I only manage well. If I only come to this meeting and learn what's being said. If I only take good notes and I refer back to my notes at the moment when I need it. If I get the right sponsor, I go to the right ashram, or if I do something in the future, then I'll be happy, which is the way the ego works 100%. It's always going to be happy later. It's always going to be okay later when something happens, something else happens. Up to this point, no clinical material has been submitted to confirm the ideas presented. Their validity will be apparent to many therapists and alcoholics. One brief citation from clinical experience will be offered, however, in the hopes that it may serve as a concrete illustration of these ideas. All right, so this is a clinical study. I'm just going to read it so we get through it. The patient, a man in his late 30s, had a long history of alcoholism, 
With seven years of futile attempts to recover through Alcoholics Anonymous, interspersed with countless admissions to drying out places. Then, for reasons not completely clear, he decided to take a drastic step. He determined to enter a sanatorium and place himself in the hands of a psychiatrist. A hitherto unheard of venture for this person. He telephoned to arrange for a limited stay at a sanitarium where he would have regular interviews with Dr. Tebow. From the outset, he was undeniably in earnest, although it was only after the first interview that he really let go and could talk freely about himself and the things that were going on inside him. After the usual preliminaries, the first interview started with a discussion of feelings and how they operate. The patient was questioned about the word ego as used at AA meetings. He confessed his ignorance of its true meaning and listened with interest to brief remarks on how it works. Before long, he was locating in himself some of the ego forces that hitherto he had been vigorously denying because they savored too much of vanity and selfishness. With that recognition, the patient made a revealing remark. He said, in all sincerity, my goodness, I never knew that. You don't know, you don't do your thinking up here, pointing to his head. You think down here where you feel, placing his hands on his stomach. He was learning that his feelings had a mind of their own, and that unless he heeded what they were saying, he could easily get into trouble. So I'm constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself because I don't even know where, where this stuff is coming from. I'm actually, f he, was at, he was facing the actuality of his ego as a feeling element in his life, a step he was able to take because he was no longer going at full steam ahead. That's why I meditate. Because I have to stop and get a sense of what is going on inside of me. Where are these ideas coming from? What's driving me today? His decision to place himself under care, a surrender of a sort, had quieted him. My decision to meditate quiets me and make me receptive able to observe what's going on in myself. It is the beginning of a real inventory, stopping and being quiet and getting in touch is the beginning of a real inventory. The next insight he uncovered was even more startling. He had been requested routinely to report any dreams he would have. Much to his surprise, they appeared regularly during this period of contact. In his fifth dream, the patient found himself locked up in an institution because of his drinking. The interpretation offered based upon relevant materials was that the patient equated any kind of stopping with being locked up. That his real difficulty lay in the fact that he could not tolerate being stopped. And abstaining was merely another stopping he could not take. I cannot be stopped. The patient's reaction to the interpretation was most significant. I'm sorry, somebody's doing a chainsaw in, my, in the neighbor's yard. Can you hear that? 
<laughs> okay, good. <clears throat> the patient's reaction to the interpretation was most significant. He remained silent for some time. Then he began to talk, saying, I tell you, Doc, it was like this. I'd get drunk, maybe stay on it two or three days. Then I'd go into one of those drying out places where I'd stay five or six days, and I'd be all over wanting to drink. Then I'd come out and stay sober maybe a week, maybe a month. Pretty soon the thought would come into my mind, I want a drink. Maybe I'd go into a tavern and maybe not, but sooner or later I'd, I'd order a drink. But I wouldn't drink it right off. I'd put it on the bar and I'd look at it and I'd think, and then I'd look at it and think, king for a day. I can do whatever I want today. King for a day. Ah, who doesn't want to be king for the day and do whatever they think their ego tells them is going to make them happy today? Nobody's stopping me. The connection between ego and his own conduct had become explicit as well as the relationship between not being stopped and ego. He saw clearly that when he took that drink, he was the boss once more. Any previous reduction of ego had been only temporary. All right, that's a lot. I read a lot. It's, this isn't about reading, and there's no rush to get through. We got another page and a half. Um, that's me. This is me. It's, I do it with alcohol. Today in my life, I don't drink alcohol. I haven't drank for 33 years, but man, my mind wants to tell me what I can eat today. And it wants to tell me with authority and it hates being stopped. It hates it. And so as we go deeper into this thing, more and more it gets revealed more and more areas of the stopping. I become more and more honest with myself because this rigorous self-honesty happens like in layers, like they say, like an onion. You peel back, oh, and now I see that about myself. Oh, now I see that about myself. And the beauty of the earth ride is, is that it's never ending. You're never going to be perfect, never. And no matter how deep I go into this relationship with this higher power, I still need to go deeper today. And everything that I know and everything that I did up until this moment right now avails me nothing. Because in this moment, an unmanageable thought can pop into my head and I can attach to that thought and the ego can get re-energized and I can go off on another mental bender and have another emotional hangover. <clears throat> so... I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to start asking God to help me hear what's being said. We're going to open the meeting up for sharing. We do record the whole meeting. So if you'd, if you'd like to not be recorded and you'd like to share, you can, uh, you can text, you can chat me and let me know. And I will um, pause it during your share if, if you want to share and not, and not be um, uh, uh, recorded. And by the way, uh, there's a meeting on Thursday. Ron Dubin does, Ron D does a meeting on Thursday. That's principle, uh, 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 traditions and concepts. And it's an amazing meeting. I had the great pleasure of having COVID and being quarantined 
And in my quarantine, I got to go some of the, to some of the other principals and application meetings that I can't normally go to. And I got to hear Ron and it was off the charts amazing. And then I got to hear um, Texas Tea on Friday and that was mind blowing. And, and then Johnny B is starting one. What day is yours, Johnny? Let me unmute you. Or you can unmute yourself. I didn't mute everybody this time. I'm doing the bondage of self on Sundays. The bondage of self on Sundays. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, really strong meetings with amazing people. And uh, I, I recommend that you, if you're, if you're not doing something else, you do those as well. Um, okay, so meetings open. If you want to share, you can share. And Johnny's up first. So, Hi, I'm Johnny. And uh, I, too, am alcoholic and a uh, grateful member of the Al-Anon family groups for a long time. And uh, thanks for your lead. And thank you to Dr. Tebow, and it's so humbling, you know, he, we, we heard a story about uh, a human who was in the state of surrender, and we heard a lot about the state of surrender, and self says it can will that. I've asked a lot of people on the phone uh, if they can surrender. And almost every one of them, before they contemplated or investigated, says yes. And uh, it's never been my experience that I can surrender because uh, I desire to, because what's surrendering is what is being <laughs> surrendered. So I, I presuppose, and I love, that's one of my favorite words in the English language, I presuppose that I know God and that the power comes through the intellect completely negating the existence of feelings or the subconscious and never admitting where the power is truly heard, which is in my heart through my intuition and intention the, has power and imagination has power and I can come to a meeting or I can do the meditation or I can be of service and I can answer the phone and I can do all of those things with the intention of it being a surrender. And that is a game changer, has been a game changer for me. When the phone rings, I can say a quick version of the seventh step prayer and say, this is my little mini surrender God. Right now I'm gonna answer it rather than send it to voicemail. Uh, or go to that meeting or do that meditation or whatever it is. And when I set the intention, that's a, a mini death of self for a second. When I'm of service, that's a mini death of self for a second. And in the death of self only is the existence of surrender, which has been there the whole time. It doesn't make any sense, yet it makes 
perfect sense. And man, without meetings like this, I wouldn't have access to any of that. So thanks for having it. And thanks for being here with me. Thanks, Johnny. Christine. Hi, Christine. Hi, Johnny. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Many surrenders, many deaths and um, intention and imagination to have your intention and imagination to have power. Um, I was thinking about the king for the day and how easily it is for me to see that in someone else so when their ego is regenerated, but so hard to see it in myself. And, you know, any any ideas on, um, I, you know, I don't know if I'm sometimes surrendering or, you know, if I'm conning myself or, you know, I'm getting better at knowing the difference, but, um, yeah. Any, any thoughts? Um, yeah. So this is a process. It's 12 steps. There's meditation and prayer can help me to stop whatever else I'm doing and become more conscious of whether I'm surrendering or not. Writing is an amazing tool when I write about what it is that I am not surrendering about or surrendered about or oftentimes I'll write a letter dear God this is where I'm at and I'll write it out and then it becomes way more clear in black and white in on the paper what's going on um, calling other alcoholics and telling them what I'm thinking is a great because I need human help and God help I need people to talk to I cannot pray my way out of certain situations. I need to talk to somebody. And that's a very important part of this thing. This is not a self-help program. I, uh, but no human power can relieve my alcoholism, but you might be able to remind me that I should maybe start, uh, that maybe I'm in self and maybe I need to have this relationship with this power. And you might even help me to sit down and pray a little bit about it. And, and, help me to get out of me. But God could and would if it were sought. It, it's a God help program, but I need human help as well to be able to see who I am and who I'm being. I would much rather isolate, which is a, uh, absolutely the first sign. If I don't want to talk to this about it, to talk to anybody about this, that is the first clue that I'm not in surrender. <laughs> so I hope that's helpful. Uh, Karen. Hi, everybody. Karen, alcoholic. Hi, Karen. Wow, what a meeting. I had um, a thought when you were talking, Randy. You know, right about when I was about the same, two and a half years sober from drinking, um, I was, I, I would just like be run around Sue. I would have all these ideas of what I was going to do in the day besides working, gourmet meals, you know, providing, whatever. And it was when you were speaking, I started to see there was my ego, you know. I had to go. I had to do things to feel accomplished, to feel like Karen's doing Karen. And suddenly, and here's what you just said, my sponsor said to me, Karen, what are you doing? And I said, well, this is my... This is what I'm doing today. She said, you will not do. And she started to eliminate my list, things off my list. And I panicked, absolutely panicked. What do you mean I'm not going to do this? And it freaked me out because 
I didn't know how I was going to be still, you know, like if I'm not going to be doing this between three and four, what was I supposed to do? And it was almost like not drinking. Like what was I going to do to be with me? Like to read something from the literature, to call another, you know, I think I'm just trying to express here how my busyness, and it wasn't so much, maybe it's hurriedness that you talk about, but it was an ego issue for me. And I see it so clearly now. I don't know how I stayed sober during that period, but this was my addiction at the time. And when you were talking about um, surrendering, for me, it was like a coup de foudre. It was letting go of self, let go of self, let God, you know, because for me, let go, let go, let go, let go being this way angry or the other one, but letting go of self to let God in, that self-talking mind. Thank you so much. It really is enormously helpful. Thanks, Karen. Who's next? There's no hands raised right now. David? David, I'm Alec. Hi, David. Thank you, Randy, for reminding me today that I don't have to be perfect, that I don't do this perfectly ever. Um, I've been going through some stuff where I've been really hard on myself. And you mentioned that um, there's some parts of you that you like that you want to keep. And I, and I can relate to that. But I think about how much of that is self telling me that I should keep it or my intuition telling me to keep it. It's like it's hard to kind of tell because my disease wants me to believe in itself so much that it can be disguised. I think it's like yourself saying you don't want you should be better at this. You should do better at this. And um. But it's just about the stuff out about the past or future, you know, it's about right now. And I'm always thinking if I'm if I do that now, I'll be better in the future. But that's not the case. It's just if I'm doing good right now, I'm doing good right now. And I don't have to worry about all this stuff, it doesn't matter. It just matters that what I'm what I'm doing right now is the right thing that I'm intuitively guided to do. And I don't think that can be really disguised that much if it, if you're if you're, if it's your true intuition. I think that really shines through more highly than anything else if you're really connected um and doing what you should be doing it's uh you know this is like an unknowing or an unlearning an unwinding of what i did know what i I thought i knew now i'm learning to go back to basics and just realizing that it's very simple you know i don't have to go through all these i don't jump through all these hoops and stuff and try and be this person that that i don't need to be i just need to be now and um, thing like the king for a day you were talking about. Um, I really related to that because it's if that if I I do try to do my ego all day long sometimes and it just makes me miserable. And I just realized that it's like another unlearning where I got to realize that I'm not. I that's dangerous, you know. And these ego papers talk about that about the ego factors and the king baby and all that stuff. How I how I have to um, to rely on my intuition more. It just. Um, knowing that everything's going to be okay and nothing else matters except for right now. And um, so that's what I've been learning right now. Today, you, you, you reminded me of that, this meaning that it does, that it doesn't matter just right now. And that means that's a, that's a big pill to swallow too, but it's a good pill to swallow, you know? So that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Thanks, David. You know, I forgot to say that the ego papers are all about the ego. <laughs> They're all about the disease. There is a program of recovery. There is a beautiful way of life where I can intuitively know how to handle everything that I need to know in this moment, intuitively. That takes all the self-knowledge out of it. 
I'm not going to know how to handle situations that used to baffle me because I read Tebow. I've read Tebow a lot of times. But the intuition doesn't come off the pages of Tebow. It comes from this relationship with this power. So I always like to remind us that there is a, re there is a program of recovery and uh, that it's right now. Oh, I just unmuted somebody and I took your hand away. So who are you? <laughs> Sorry. Hi, I'm Marion. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Marion. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. I'm sorry for um, for ha not having been um, my video being off. I am in such a deep emotional hangover right now, mm. and I'm so I'm resting and listening um, to every word you and everybody else is sharing. It's exactly what I need to be. The, the one thing is that because of me wrestling uh, my um, power, so to speak. Um, and the way that worked out uh, enables me to be on this meeting today because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to. And so I just really want to tell myself that I made a decision in quotes, uh, the, way, the same way I made a decision to drink, which was untreated alcoholism years ago. I made a decision, something about a relationship, and I wasn't telling anybody about it. And I knew I wasn't telling anybody about it. And I told myself, well, if it works out, then I'll tell people, including my sponsor, about it. And if it doesn't work out, no harm, no foul, however that goes. And yet at the same time, I knew what I was doing, but I had absolutely no ability to surrender because I wanted it so much to go the way I wanted it to go. Yet at the same time, there's this other voice that's going, you know what you're doing, but it was such a faint voice that as I tell you the story, I was so powerless over my ability to at the very least talk to somebody about it I didn't want to not be able to do it and I'm just telling myself about that I don't have a, a solution about that I did like to, what you had to say about writing about it writing about the different trains of thought that were going on at the same time so I can see it in black and white so I, I'm just you know I like also what um, I guess Johnny said about um, about even like let's say answering the phone is some way of surrendering so me telling you and everybody else on this meeting um i'm i guess some kind of surrender by admitting that i am powerless still in certain areas of my life in the area particularly of relationships thanks for letting me share thanks marion scott thank you so much randy scott definitely an alcoholic mind um once again, everything you say, <laughs> you're describing me. Um, for, for the sake of people that have a hard time seeing it within themselves, um, after spending more than half my life on an airplane, if they just look at the news and how the people that cannot control their ego and cause all this chaos in public. And there's ramifications. And thank God they're starting to lock them up. But this apparently is not only a personal issue, it's a social issue. And it's really ironic that their way of attacking it is to eliminate alcohol on the planes. I, I, I just couldn't resist showing this real life example of exactly what you're describing that was written what 
90 years ago? No. So maybe this problem has existed for a long time. As always, thank you, Randy. Thanks, Scott. Phyllis. Hi, my name is Phyllis. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and addict. Randy, thank Hi, you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I think there was a point where it says the ego can be put down, but it never is. It never is except, like you said, in the moment we're in. That's it. One second to the left or to the right, and there is no good or bad. You know, when I think I'm meditating, oh, I had a good meditation today. My mind was quiet, however, 20 seconds. There is no good or bad. That's the ego talking to me. Oh, I was a good girl, I was a bad girl. And that's part of really, um, we and, and it's in mind power, that, we do, uh, we're character building. Who's character building? I don't know. Sometimes I really don't know. But what I do have to be is to be willing to not know. And this is really based on a willingness that sometimes I don't understand. It's much deeper than that. It, it's a surrender that can only take place in the moment I'm in. Yeah. I did. Yeah. It, it, I think it's great going over this this man, his experiences, you know, it's, it, it was very helpful and I can't take it with me except right now, right here. That's all I can say about it. Right. Randy, thank you. Thank you so much for taking us through this. Thanks. So we have like two minutes and two people. Monique? Oh, thank you very much, Randy. I appreciate it. I have my phone off because I'm walking. Um, I mean, my video, but thank you so much for this part of the ego. Um, I was talking to one of my sponsors today, and she's like, I'm, uh, I'm going to get a gun. She's got 15 days sober. I'm going to get a gun. I'm like, did you pray on that? And she's like, I, why would I pray on something like that? I'm like, well, we got to pray on everything. And it made me look at myself. That's the beauty of this program, right? I'm sponsoring somebody that I look at her and I see what I, what I have. She looks at me, thinks that she doesn't have what I have, but together we have the same darn thing. So I'm like, oh my gosh, my ego shows up a lot. And I said, well, that's your ego talking. I said, why would you pray on one thing and not the other? That either is or he isn't. So you're right. In the moment, in the now, if I'm distracted, I need help with God. You know, God help me with this darn ego. It's such a powerful message, and I'm so glad to hear about all the other uh, meetings that you spoke of that I hope to attend as well. Thank you. Yes, it's a great little network we got going here. Uh, okay, one minute, Ro. 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 I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> hi, Rue. Andy. Rue. It's Rue. Rue. Yes. Um, one hi, minute. Good to be this meeting. I, I, I love being here and, um, you know, seeing you and. My sponsor, Rebecca, she always invites me. And, uh, you know, and I hear a lot of knowledge and wisdom and just experience from other people. I don't always meditate perfectly. And I think that is not the point. The point is, just, like you said, to be in the moment in the present. And I I couldn't agree. Like, I, I listened to the speakers before me or people that shared that said that, you know, we still often try to control the outcomes, situations or relationships or whatever it is, work, life. That we just forget that we really cannot control anything. 
in life, just the reactions, just our own reactions to things that happen to us. And, and sometimes it's just being in the moment because it is just the process. Whatever that I'm doing is, is just the process of getting somewhere. But where that, where is that? I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's it's like surrendering to the higher, you know, to my power and this wisdom, knowing that I'm I'm being led to the right place. I don't know where that place is, but I I know that I'm on the right course if I surrender, and that's the point. You know, just surrender is the answer to all our problems. But anyway. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you so much. And right. it just reminds me how just to be humble and, and believe that I'm doing the right thing, even sometimes when I feel like I'm not doing anything, you know. Yep. So anyway, thanks. Thank you. That's it. So real quick, the place we're trying to get to is the place we've never, ever been before. And it's right here, right now. This is it. There's nowhere to go. This is the only moment that I have everything I need to be okay in this moment. This moment. This is it. There is no there. It's here. It's here. But nobody looks here. Everybody's looking around for there. We're going to get there. Okay. Let me know when we get there and then I'll be happy. Woohoo! In the meantime, I'm missing all the here's that I could have been happy at. So this is it. We're, we're here. Enjoy this moment. Uh, we're going to have a retreat in April in Nashville. It's kind of the middle place for everybody. Uh, uh, being that half, half the meeting used to be from London and half from L.A. So that was the middle place. Those of you on the East Coast have a way easier way of getting there. But anyway, April 8th, 9th and 10th in the, one of the most quiet retreat centers I've ever been to for three days of trying to have a quiet mind. That's what we're going to do. Um, if you want more information about that, Annie put up something. You can email Annie or you can go to, I, I have a website. It's randymormel.com, believe it or not. And if you click on the, there's a link to the retreat there. If you want to come, if you want to, all we're going to do is nothing. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have, try to have three days of quiet of a quiet mind. And we'll do some practices and some things to try to make that happen. All right. I'm sorry we went so far over today. I appreciate you all so much. I would not have meditated if you didn't show up today. I probably would have watched football. And this was way more interesting than football. And I appreciate you. And uh, we'll take a moment of silence and then we'll do the serenity prayer together. If you want to stay on, if you want to ask questions or stay on today, I don't have to work. I can stay on for a while, so and I have it up, up here, so anyone can leave if you want to leave. But if you want to stay and talk a little bit more or talk about the retreat or any of the other meetings, we can do that as well. Okay, I'll shut up now. God, grant me the serenity. To accept the things I cannot change. The courage to trust the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind me Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy. Randy. Yes. Thanks, Randy. Thank you. You just let your hair grow all that way. What? Is Christine's hair long, very long now? Where is Christine? Years? Where is Christine? Christine 
Where did she go? Danny, you wouldn't know that. Anyway, Randy. Yes. yes. You know when we say, can you be with me? God yes. is with us all the time. It's the reminder. It's the remembering of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because to give in, God is here all the time. You would not be alive. The yeah. thing that makes you alive is God. The rest is just a bag of muscles and bones. It's a hoarding of shit. Yes. <laughs> well, the, there's a second. God, could I be with you? And could you help me to be with you? I mean, God, could you be with me? And could you help me to be with you? But you can't, I can't say it all every time, but that's really, you know, could thank I be you, with you? Thank you. Thank you. Randy, I have a question about the retreat. What time does it start? Oh, so the first night, there's a dinner at like 7 o'clock. It opens at 3. The retreat center opens at 3 o'clock. On Friday. On Friday. So we head up there and try to be there by 3 and then have some quiet time before the actual retreat starts at dinner, which is like 5. I think it's 5. 6.30 6.30 is dinner, I think, 6 or 6.30. I'll get more details. I'll get more details. Most people fly in on Thursday and spend the night. When I come in, okay. when I come in from L.A., I come in. They ha- There's another men's retreat that I go to at this place. That's how I know about it. And I fly in on Thursday so I can be kind of rested and get there on Friday at whatever time I want. And then I do fly out on Sunday night, so there are some flights out. So I usually fly out on Sunday night. Okay. And Sunday it goes until? Uh, till noon. Okay. And then it takes Thank two you. hours to get back to, to Nashville. And I'm working, I'm trying to work out, I think I found some vans to drive us there and back from okay. Nashville. How many hours does it take? I'm sorry. It's an hour and 45 minutes outside of Nashville. Thank you. Can you send me any information you have about hotels in the area for people flying in? I will. Okay, or, or whatever. I will. I will send you that. I got some recommendations from a travel agent in Nashville. Okay. Okay. Uh, you said one of the two hotels is that from the airport to the the retreat center. It's or about from Nashville to the retreat yeah, about center. an hour and forty five minutes. Some people might rent cars. We should put together some kind of a ride share. There are some people that live in Nashville that might be going that might have, uh, you know, room in their cars. Okay. <clears throat> I'll talk to you offline yeah. about... Okay. The, 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 dr- the drive is really beautiful. It's oh, yeah, really it's nice. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, John has been to the retreat center before. It's an awesome retreat center. It's awesome. Do, uh, uh, Randy, do any non-alcoholics like coda people or 100% open 100% open to anyone practicing 12 steps any it's a XA retreat it's not an AA retreat I mean people that aren't practicing 12 steps could come but it wouldn't make as much sense I I would limit it to people that are in a 12 step program They, they'll have a better experience, I think. Hey, Randy, I have a question that might be helpful to somebody if they experience this. But right now, um, interestingly enough, my life is so good. It's ridiculous. But I was able to manifest a, a something that was a big dream of mine. I've been working towards for a year. I got myself a house, a project that I can rehab and remodel. 
and I'm already so in love with the house. And I know that I want to just live there, it, it, you know, maybe for 20 years. It's one of those kind of projects. But there's so much work involved. There's a lot of promises and commitments from contractors and loan, loan officers and stuff. And a few times there's been some broken words coming at me where, you know, like the mortgage broker quoted me this rate and I got these documents to sign and the rate was a half a percent more. This is one small example. So then what happens at night is the ego comes in and just punishes me by future tripping and it's, it's definitely triggering my uh, instinct for financial security. And then sometimes it will punish me by telling me I'm a dumbass for not getting a written wedding quote uh, like I had heard some people do. Not all brokers do that. And like I'm just an idiot because now I'm so down the wedding aisle uh, with the appraiser coming, I can't really easily – just give it up. So my mind in the evening, what happens is I actually can lose sleep and, and, and it's just festering, you know? So then I pray, I talk to God, God, please take this from me. I, I know you're here. Uh, thank you. I love you. Please take this, relieve me of the bondage of this future tripping self. And I can pray all day long, like you were saying, you know, and I know one time I called you, I don't know, like 10 or 10, 12 years ago. And, and, you led me to like a little meditation, you know, um, and, but I, and I couldn't call anybody cause it was like two 30 in the morning, three 30 in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. And so I'm wondering like it, the ego is just so it waits till the nighttime. Like why didn't it do that all day? You know, but when it gets nighttime and I'm tired, it seems to like try to almost like the evil devil is it's just, it's so powerful. Well, you're also, during the day, you're busy all day. So your mind is preoccupied with doing the things that you're doing. And then you lay down, and now it has nothing to do but torture you. And right, that's important. it wants it's to like kill torture. you. It wants to kill you. Yes. Over a half a percent. Yeah. <clears throat> How much is that a year? I don't know. I got to calculate. I don't know. Figure, I just, the idea figure out how much it is a year. Figure out. I felt like I was lied to. I think that's more of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably, that's true. And maybe he said, this is what we're going to try to get you. And what you heard is that's what they're going to get you. And yeah. maybe you were wishful thinking and, and made a commitment for the broker that he didn't make on your wishful thinking. That's possible. Yeah. And then, yeah. and, and so there's so many what ifs that could happen. Yeah. But, but I cannot go to the debating society. And that's what I do at night. I lay down in bed and I debate who's wrong. Somebody's wrong here. It's never me. It's always got to be you. <laughs> yeah. And so I figure out how to blame you. And then, yeah. and then I blame me, just like you said. I'm an idiot. Yeah, Why didn't I get it signed? Because I'm the one that didn't. You didn't get it signed, but he's also a liar and... You didn't get it signed. And really, I know that a lot of times, just hearing you talk about that, I, it viscerally, viscerally, those times when I didn't get a firm commitment from somebody and I made up a story about what they said and they had a story about what they said and we had different stories when it came down to it and I'm living in this fantasy life that my story is the right story and... I, sometimes I've been wrong before. Sometimes it wasn't a real commitment to a price because 
you can shop you can still shop around and you can use your appraisal the appraisal is an appraisal it's not an appraisal by that insurance by that broker i don't yeah. think that appraiser could be used somewhere else. Go to Quicken and see what you can get. See if you can get better. And if you can, then you can do better. And if you can't, then you can maybe shut up about it. <laughs> I like that. And that was just one example. The, the, the nighttime thing I have noticed recently, I've, these huge commitments I've been making, like huge, big deals. I, the, the nighttime is when it comes to torture me. And I just wish there was... There is. You know, there's a prayer. This is what I do at night when I'm laying in bed and I have something that is torturing me, which happens. God, uh, the power of God is within me when I'm breathing in and the grace of God surrounds me when I'm breathing out. Yeah. And I breathe in and I breathe out that. And if I will do that for a while, the next thing I know, it's morning. But at the uh, minute that work when you did that with me twelve years ago, it literally saved my bacon. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I was very fragile. Anything could have happened. And and you said just keep doing that until you pass out. And then when you get up, you go to a meeting first thing. I did I followed your instructions and it it, it and I hadn't had that for many years yeah. since then. Yeah. You know, and if it came close, I did that. So that, let me go back to that. Thank you. Thanks, bro. I used I used that on the on the meditation today because I was in, I was having a hard time focusing, and I started to do the breathe in. Um, the power of God is in within me, and the grace of God surrounds me yeah. out, and it got me out really quick. And I was in the meditation, but yeah. Nice. All right. Nice to see Hi, you, Dee Dee. Have a great day. Be kind to yourself. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for Thanks, that reminder Randy. of the prayer. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Uh, Randy, okay. can we play uh, game boards, uh, board games at the retreat? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no TV, no cell phones. I know. No computers. Monopoly. No games. Scrabble. No, just kidding. No. Have a good night. Thank you again. No story. You don't even get to bring no your story. story. You don't get to tell anybody who you are or where you're from. No ping pong? No ping pong. <laughs> no stories. No stories. No stories. <clears throat> we're gonna All change right. we're you. gonna change your name so you don't have a past. Yeah. Three All right. three days right. of okay. living in the have now. Have a good night. Okay. Bye bye everybody. See ya. Pete, are you there? Yeah. I am. How you doing? I'm all right. Um, I'm, I'm uh, happy to hear that you're, uh, well, I mean, how are you feeling with the COVID? I'm, I just recovered. I think I'm better now. Yeah. I think I'm better today. How many days does it take to get where you're feeling better? Because my sister has it. I got sick for, for four days in the beginning. And then after like the fourth day, I started to feel better, but I still had brain fog and sinus stuff mm -hmm. and I was still testing positive on Tuesday I still tested positive I got it on Christmas Day so I haven't gone out into the public very much yeah I got mine on December 19th my girlfriend got hers on December 18th and we both tested negative uh was it a week ago now so yeah uh, but this is the second time I've had it so the first time I had it I was out of commission for like a month Wow. Just couldn't. I slept 18 hours a day. Are you vaccinated? Sorry. Uh, uh, the first time I got it, I wasn't vaccinated. I got it literally exactly a year ago. And then 
it's still pretty powerful if you're not vaxxed, I think, but I don't know. I don't know anything about it, man. There are so many. This world is so crazy right now. That's what I did. I was sitting at home and I watched the news for a couple of days. And I went into like this death, I went into a death spiral. I went in, I had a total death spiral. What the, what's the point of anything? Everybody's lying. At both sides, everybody. So what's the point? And uh, that was that was crazy. You know what happens to a lot of people is they they 
their spiritual experience they had when they did their fifth step or their fourth step or at a meeting. And they and then they compared their spirituality to that experience for the rest of their sobriety and they never have a new experience. And they never feel connected because it's not the same as the time they felt connected once. And that's kind of the same thing. It's like, no, this is what it feels like to be connected right now. This is what it feels like to be present right now. No relation to any other connectedness you ever had before. And this is what it feels like to be in a meeting right now. That's pretty tricky, right? 
he was in AA, and I was doing AA, I thought, by listening to the guy. And uh, it's, it's not on me that he killed him. I wish I could have done something to help that kid. And then, you know, and then I was the last person he talked to, so the people that knew him wanted to talk to me. They wanted to more insight. summer camp. You went to summer camp, but you got to run the camp because you were paying for it.
remake. We haven't remixed them there. That's pretty much where they ended. All right, guys. What's your what? What did you get an album a record deal for? What is, what's the deal? But you are responsible for creating the music and recording it and laying it all down. And the artwork. So I, I, you know, went out of pocket to pay some guy to make sure it looks cool. Right. Um, you know, and to the, all the German specifications. I, I'm just super grateful. Like, That's I'm so just, cool. So yeah, cool. Super stoked. All right, guys, I gotta run. All right. Thanks, Great to Randy. see you. Great to hang out with you. See you Have soon. Bye bye. Bye. See you guys.